This episode of Energy Matters is sponsored by Arnold Golden and Gregory. Welcome to Energy Matters, a show about how you can save money on your utility bills, use technology wisely, and live a more sustainable lifestyle. Here's your host, veteran energy regulator and clean energy expert, Commissioner Tim Eccles. Thank you, Scott Slade. It's always great to be saving money on that power bill, using technology wisely, and living a more sustainable life, and watching the Super Bowl, which is what we're talking about today. Hey, I'm Tim Eccles. I'm the host of Energy Matters, and I've got with me some regular guys who have uh, appeared on our show uh, forever. My co-host, Casey Boyce, and uh, at uh, and Athens Clark County uh, Building Services Director, Andrew Saunders. And we're going to be talking about the big game, and it's going to be a fantastic episode. So if you love football and you love energy, Casey, uh, they got to listen. Wait, wait a minute. Hold on. There's a football game this weekend. Tim, we need to talk about this. You got to bring me up to speed here. (laughs) (laughs) It's time to get your chicken wings or whatever you're going to do to get your gear. And I have been to that old Ram Stadium, which was the Olympic Stadium from 19, I don't know, 80. I don't know what it was. But the Rams have this thing that they do. And I didn't know about it when I went to the Ram Seattle game out there. But they say, whose house and you're supposed to say ram's house and so i'm going through the tunnel uh heading to our seat and this guy behind uh, behind us said whose house and i'm going what is he talking about (laughs) but that is the whole thing with the rams it's like uh whose house ram's house so of course they have a new house the sofi stadium out there that is really really nice much like the mercedes and i did the sustainability tour out there when i was there the old stadium was the usc stadium so they had this elaborate recycling program composting program and i got to go down to the belly of the beast like i love to do you know at these things and i did the same thing in seattle um when i was up there uh at at their at their stadium but they've got the new stadium with a lot of cool things so i can't wait to get back out there to kind of you know to kind of see some of the great things that they're doing andrew uh who are you cheering for in this game oh la for sure i I know cincinnati's got that kind of that comeback story but for me i gotta go for the team that's led by matt stafford casey it is the year of the tiger and they are the Bengals, and it does seem like everything is going their way in Cincinnati. What do you think? Yeah, but you know, I, I'm with Andrew on this one. Got to be pulling for the Rams, and you know, not just Matt Stafford, but you know, you've got Sony Michelle, um, you've got the the former Bronco uh, Von Miller. You know, I'm a Broncos fan. Of course, they they didn't do so well the past couple of years, but you know, um, I, I, I just pulling for the team there. Uh, a lot of great players. I mean, can anybody cover Cooper Cup? I mean, he is like the beast, Andrew. I mean, did you did you happen to have him on your fantasy team this year? I did not, sadly, and and I paid a, a dear price for it. Yeah, I mean, you got to love you some Matt Stafford and any UGA player, but when it comes to interceptions, Stafford has had a lot of them. But I saw this in the championship game on Sunday. One of his first passes in that first quarter, and this happened at Georgia too. 
receivers could not catch his balls because they are thrown with such velocity. No quarterback throws the ball as hard as Matt Stafford. Oh, for sure. I mean, you, you would watch those college receivers. They couldn't even hold on to it. It's gotten a little bit better in the NFL, but I wouldn't want to be on the receiving <laughs> end of that. Well, well, Casey, uh, you know, with you know, with the big game comes uh, a, a lot of things. Commercials, uh, favorite foods. I've already bought my wings, right? Because these stores have been selling out of wings. So I went ahead and got my wings. They're in the freezer. I've got a special recipe uh, that I'm going to be doing, and I'm going to be cooking so what do you do, chicken wings. What do you do with uh, your wings then? What, what's your recipe, Tim? Well, I, they go on the grill, on the on the top rack. I cook them for, for quite a while. Uh, I, I marinate them in a Korean barbecue sauce, you know, for a couple days beforehand. Get them really soaked. Um, I like for them to get black not not just not charred all the way but i like i like that crust um that skin to be hard and and have a little crunch uh when i eat it so uh and then of course chips salsa uh casey what's your favorite food andrew and then how about you yeah so we we usually do some sort of like seven layer dip uh you know beans and and cheese and guacamole and stuff like that um we'll usually order a pizza which i know that's boring but it's nice to eat pizza and watch football how about you andrew Big fan of buffalo chicken dip. It's incredibly bad for you, which is probably why I love it. And I'm not a vegetarian, but my wife is. And we can mix in, uh, you know, soy-based chicken replacement or whatever you want to call it. And nobody ever says a word. Like, it's just So you're living delicious. sustainably during the game. I like it. Yes. It was when it comes to our chicken choices, <laughs> sure. Committed through and through. Yeah. So pizza, you know, big favorite. I love the thin crust pepperoni. Uh, I'll have some of that as well. The dip, the wings, uh, and, you know, a fire going in the fireplace, assuming that it's um, that that is cold. Where are you guys going to be watching the game? Casey, where are you, are you watching it at? home? Yeah, we'll watch it at home. So, you know, we we uh, historically have had a big Super Bowl party and invited a lot of friends and neighbors over. Um, obviously, with the, the pandemic, uh, we haven't done that the past couple of years. And again, this will be just, you know, our family getting together and watching. But um, we certainly miss it. Yeah. How about you, Andrew? I think we're going to connect with some friends and go over to the their place yeah so you know the commercials and uh, i mean who doesn't love these debuted commercials but i mean the norway commercial that gm ran for cadillac last year with will ferrell i was absolutely rolling and it came in the first quarter last year so you really you know what what i love to do when i'm watching the game is i, I love to have the twitter feed up on my phone i've got a big screen uh, a, a big Samsung big screen. So I got the I've got the game on, but I'm looking at what people are saying on Twitter, and that commercial caused quite a bit of buzz. Casey, did you see it? Oh yeah, I, I watched it actually before it aired um, and watched it a number of times. It's, it's, it was a funny commercial. You know, I just wish GM would have product on the market so that people could buy. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> Amen, brother, Amen. Hey, I mean, you know, I love my Chevy Volt, and I, you know, I've got my daughter in it now, and she's working in Athens, so she's going back and forth uh, over. And I got my wife in a 2013 Leaf, yeah. you know, and she's, you know, she's doing the thing with the grandbaby. Um, but 
um, the idea of you know of these crossover SUVs and 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 what GM might come with. Obviously, they featured that Hummer last year in that same commercial. But I I am you know I I cannot wait to see uh, to see which EVs are going to be advertised. So let me ask you, Casey, how many? Let's just do a little bet here. Um, how many EV commercials do you think will, there will be during, you know, the, the Super Bowl broadcast? And, Andrew, I'm going to ask you the same All right. Question. So I'm not going to take a number on this, Tim, but I'll take a percentage on this. So I am going to wager that 100% of the car commercials during the Super Bowl are going to be for EVs. Wow. How about you, Andrew? You can you give me a number? It was five. I think it was five. I think it was five last year. Yeah, we're gonna go six this year, and I'm gonna say even more specifically, two of them are gonna be the everyday man's EV, like the Ford truck or the Chevy Silverado, and the rest are gonna be more of your high-end brands, like a Cadillac or something like. What, what's your wager? Say ten. Ten. Yeah, I'm okay. gonna go. T- I'm, I'm gonna go. T- I'm gonna go ten this year because I think we're gonna see multiple. F-150 commercials uh, because Ford just seems to be going all in. And we're going to talk about that later in the show. Uh, But just in the last couple of minutes here of this segment, if you're just joining us, we're talking Super Bowl today. I mean, how can you not? Um, and I've got Andrew Saunders uh, from Athens-Clarke County, uh, and he, he's on our, our, our NFL draft show that we do in September. Casey Boyce, my regular co-host. But you know, we've, we're going to do our score predictions here, and uh, I'm going to go last. So, Andrew, let me start with you, and then I'll, I'll go to Casey. So, give give an actual game score, right, for L.A. and for, for Cincinnati. We're, we're going to see who's close. Sure. Now, maybe we do a prize. Maybe we, maybe, maybe we actually have a prize to the winner here. Go ahead, Andrew. Well, so I'm going to disagree with Vegas a bit on the spread, and I'm going to go 31-20 in favor of the Rams. Okay, Casey, 31-20 in favor of the Rams. Okay, how about uh, – okay, that means they're going to miss a field goal maybe, right? You think – that? I mean, that, that field goal kicker – No, I'm calling two touchdowns and two field okay, goals. Okay, okay. That field goal kicker for Cincinnati, man, he is incredible. I think he had a 56-yarder in that championship game. Uh, I mean, the guy's just – Incredible. How about you, Casey? So, what's, what's going to be? So I have no idea what the spread is, but I'm going to go 27-24 in favor of the Rams. It's actually pretty All darn right. close to the yeah. spread. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm going with the year of the Tiger. I just don't think you can fight this. Uh, they, they have, they. I mean, I love Matt Stafford, and and I, you know, I would rather have Rams on my fantasy football team than Bengals for sure. But I just think, I just think the big mo. The, the you know the momentum is in favor of Cincinnati so I, I'm going I'm going I'm going to say 2120 uh, in favor of Cincinnati and and the Rams are going to miss an extra point unfortunately 2120 hey hey when we come back we're going to talk about the Super Bowl of energy we're going to talk about who are the teams on the field when it comes to energy you know who did they beat to get to the big game? Uh, with rumors of Brady retiring. What are the big retirements coming up in the energy world? So stick around. We'll be right back with Energy Matters.
Energy Matters would like to thank GasSouth for its support of the show. GasSouth has a no-deposit policy and offers some of the lowest per-therm rates in the state. Use the promo code MATTERS for a special deal. GasSouth, the difference is good. GasSouth believes in the difference we can all make, like the difference in putting people first and showing that you care. For us, our difference is saving people money with our best rates and no deposit. And the difference we make in our community by taking care of our friends and neighbors and giving back 5% of our profits to help children in need. Learn more about what makes us different at GasSouth.com. GasSouth. The difference is good. BMVW is the place in Metro Atlanta to get your used hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or fully electric car. They're located on the south side near the airport, but it is well worth the drive. Go online to look at their inventory at ev-hybrid.com and set up a time to see the vehicle or even drive it for up to three days. I don't know of anywhere else in Metro Atlanta that you can do that. That's ev-hybrid.com, the best deal in town. ev-hybrid.com, ev-hybrid.com. This episode of Energy Matters is sponsored by Arnold, Golden, and Gregory, an AMLAW 200 law firm with 180 attorneys in Atlanta and Washington, D.C. They take a business sensibility approach when advising clients. They provide industry knowledge, attention to detail, transparency, and value to help businesses and individuals achieve their definition of success. AGG subscribes to the belief not if, but how. We thank John Gornall and all the attorneys and staff at AGG for sponsoring our show. Hey, that music that you hear is football music, and we are talking Super Bowl today. And we're comparing a lot to energy, but we, we genuinely are excited about the game. You heard our score predictions, maybe uh, both Andrew uh, and Casey picked L.A. to win. I picked Cincinnati uh, to win. We talked a little bit about food. We talked a little about commercials. Casey, what is the data on those EV commercials that ran last year? Yeah, so so you heard our, our friendly wager in the first segment in terms of how many EV commercials that we're going to have. But just to back it up with a little bit of, of advertising data, when we look across all of the, the um, car commercials that have been aired, basically between 2020 and 2021, 30,000 fewer commercials for kind of regular internal combustion engine vehicles aired 30,000 more uh, commercials for EVs aired. So basically automakers are making that switch. And just to take one automaker as an example, you heard Andrew in the previous segment talk about some of those high-end luxury cars like Audi. In 2021, they completely switched their spend. So 2020, they were spending $18 million a year on EV advertising and 53 on their traditional internal combustion. 2021, that flipped. So $54 million on EV advertising for Audi in 2021 compared to 13 million uh, in traditional internal combustion engines. So it, they're making those investments in uh, the really the future of the transportation. Yeah, I think I think the Germans are going to have to spend a whole lot more than that because nobody's buying buying their cars. My son works for Carvana and he does a lot of their car valuations and things. And I said, hey, have you seen any of those Volkswagen uh, electric vehicles? He said, no, I have not seen any Volkswagen electric vehicles, see a lot of lease, a lot of Tesla Model 3s, uh, but hardly any 
German cars. And Casey, I, I just wonder, I mean, with the auto market so inflated right now, I mean, do they even need to advertise? Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's the risk, right, is that there's very little inventory out there. So, you know, trying to get people into dealerships, you can do that, but but there's very little to buy. But, um, you know, I, I do think that at some level, you know, car makers do need to generate some excitement for when those inventory levels return. Um, and of course, there are a lot of new EV models coming out. You know, Andrew mentioned the F-150 Lightning, fantastic looking electric truck coming out. Um, there's a couple of Kias and Hondas coming out that look pretty compelling, you know, compact SUVs. So I could go on and on about EVs. But Tim, I think we're supposed to be talking about the Super Bowl of energy, right? Yeah, we're, we're talking about how energy relates to the Super Bowl. Obviously, maybe our listeners out there, maybe they're, you know, maybe they're Rams fans, probably are with Matt Stafford out there. Uh, the Bengals, of course, they really are just doing this comeback thing. But we're going to talk about the teams on the field when it comes to energy, right? So you're you're in the big game. You got the best of the best out there. So Andrew, let me start with you. What do you see as the big two forms of energy or trends in energy that's out there right now playing in the big game, getting most of the attention? Sure. So for me, coming from the sustainability field, it would be renewable energy, you know, kind of the game changers in the table, table, solar and wind, they've got the most momentum. And they're squaring off against efficiency, uh, which are normally their best friends. But, you know, somebody's got to win and efficiency has been tried and true. It's dependable. It makes sense for your wallet. Casey, how about you? Who are the two big, big energy teams out there on the field right now for the big game? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think if we're talking about a competition, um, I, you know, I've got to go with Andrew that that renewables are definitely out there on the field and, and they're playing really hard. Right now, their opponent is is really the traditional fossil uh, uh, energy, whether it's, you know, coal or, or even increasingly natural gas. Um, and, and I, I got to be honest, uh, the fossil team's getting hammered right now. Yeah. You know, I. I think about the IRP, and we're going to be talking about the Integrated Resource Plan. A lot of states use this methodology. It kind of swept the country in the late 80s and, and 90s. We adopted it here in Georgia in 1991. But when our Integrated Resource Plan was uh, was released by Georgia Power recently, it had a lot of natural gas in it, uh, over two, two gigawatts of natural gas. And a lot of my environmental friends were banging their head against the table. They were so upset, Casey. But you can't be against everything. I mean, you've got, yeah, coal's, I mean, they should have been high-fiving and celebrating that coal was going away. But instead, they were gnashing their teeth over natural gas. And I, I think it's natural gas that's out there playing on the field right now against renewables, including solar plus storage, Casey. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned Tom Brady retiring. And when we talk about retirements and energy, I mean, coal clearly is is on the way out the door. It's not economic. It, it harms the environment. Um, it, it's announced its retirement. And, you know, I think the the filing for the uh, Georgia Power Integrated Resource Plan kind of clearly shows that. Right. Of course, Tim, you you like to point out that the commissioners are the ones that make the final decision on this. But Georgia Power has clearly played its hand that they they want coal to go away. 
you know, I, so that's kind of the natural, you know, analog in the energy rule world. But I actually think that natural gas isn't going to be too far behind. And, and here's why, Tim. Um, when we look at the past, you know, decade or so of natural gas in the U.S., prices have been really low and they've been really stable. We've had this fracking revolution that's opened up natural gas production in different areas of the country, Texas, Pennsylvania, et cetera. But it's all been locked into the U.S. We haven't been able to export it. So that's what's kept prices low. And, you know, if you've been paying attention to what's been going on over in Europe at all, they're really starved for natural gas. And, you know, Russia keeps threatening to shut off natural gas. Of course, Russia is a big uh, supplier of European natural gas. And guess what? Over the last 10 years, we've built a lot of natural gas export capacity. And so U.S. natural gas, rather than being used here domestically, is being shipped across the ocean to Europe to help supply their needs. And what does that do to prices? It means they go up and it means they're more volatile. So I think the implication is that, you know, where in the past we've really been able to count on natural gas as being a really cheap and certainly much cleaner than than coal energy solution, I don't think that price advantage holds in the future for us and certainly not the low volatility that we've seen. Yeah, how about you? Yeah, let me let me tie that yeah. back to football if yeah. you don't mind. So natural gas was at some point in the early years, it was that kicker that was money. You knew that you were going to put that individual out there and they're going to put it right between the uprights. But right now for all of those factors Casey mentioned, your kicker's got something going on in their head, and, and they're, they're no longer dependable, uh, at least at that price point. And so when you start to compare that to other ways to generate energy where you know you can lock in prices for 20 or 25 years, it's, it's going to be hard for it to compete. Wow, that's a good, that's a good example. And we've got you know two teams where we have seen in recent games, L.A. and Cincinnati, where that kicker is playing a very – very important role and and I, and I really think maybe not in California maybe not New York but I really think in Georgia natural gas is going to continue to play an important role all the way up to 2050 maybe maybe beyond um, because you can't you you know you can't get be against everything people can't be against biomass and nuclear and hate coal and be against and, and be against natural gas. You pick two, but you can't be against all of them. And I know that that our commissioners, I mean, we're looking at more than just, you know, that that final kick. We're looking at the whole, we, we've got a game plan, uh, you know, in, in terms of helping Georgia be resilient and, and have a reliable grid and be clean, be affordable, attract businesses. That's our game plan, uh, you know, for the state of Georgia. And I know that I'm focused on this, you know, almost every day I'm thinking about, okay, how can I keep our state competitive out there so that as, as companies are coming, like Rivian, for example, they pick us, right? They pick us instead of someone else because the decisions that regulators and energy companies made, maybe in California or other places, simply put them out of the money. Casey, am I, am I crazy for thinking like this? No, I mean, I, I think, right, th this is the challenge that you and your fellow commissioners have, right, is making sure that you're balancing all of these competing factors, environmental cost, reliability, et cetera. And, you know, look, I'll, I'll be the first one to say that, you know, we can't make energy choices that mean that, you know, we tank our economy or that the lights regularly go out, right? So, you know, we do have to be careful around that. And, you know, I don't necessarily envy the position that you're in and having to make some of these trade-offs, right, Tim? I, you know, I, I think as I look at it, 
I, I think, it, you know, again, there's a lot of risk in natural gas, and I'm actually going to go special teams on this one. So I've been seeing a lot of companies that are doing some really innovative things around orchestrating end use of energy to be able to better incorporate renewables into the mix. And, and what do I mean by that, right? Renewables don't always produce energy. Sometimes it's higher or lower. And so you've got to be able to compensate on the demand side. And increasingly, people have ways of doing that in their homes or in their businesses. And let's just talk about homes for a second. Charging your EV or smart thermostat, you can you know, do that at different times, still get the charge or the heat that you need or the you know, cooling that you need, um, but in a way that allows you to integrate more renewables. So maybe not prime time, but definitely special teams right now and, and some really cool stuff. When we come back, we're going to talk about planning, the game plan. You know, what, what, what are the keys to the game uh, for not only the Super Bowl, but for the world of energy in Georgia? And I'm talking about that integrated resource plan because it is our guiding document. So, hey, stick around. Andrew Saunders, Casey Boyce, me, we're talking football. We're talking Super Bowl. We're talking food. Uh, so, Hit us up on Twitter. Let us know what you're doing uh, for the big game and who you think is going to win. I'm Tim Eccles. You're listening to Energy Matters. Creative Solar USA is a Georgia-based turnkey installer of innovative solar panel systems. With their NABCEP certified installers, they ensure you receive the highest quality solar energy system in the industry. They're proud to work with you before, during, and after the install, blending customer demand, system capability, and expertise to provide the best service possible. Contact them today at 770-485-7438 or creativesolarusa.com. Hey, this is Tim Eccles. We talk all the time on Energy Matters about buying a used EV instead of a new one. Let someone else pay the depreciation. BMVW Auto Sales, one of our show sponsors, can fix you up. Go to their website at ev-hybrid.com to see the ever-changing inventory. BMVW has every brand, every type of EV, and they'll even let you test drive it for three days, show you how to charge it and drive it for maximum performance. That's ev-hybrid.com, ev-hybrid.com. Reducing pollution from the transportation industry is an important goal, and few alternative vehicle fuels offer the distinct advantages of compressed natural gas. I myself drive an F-150 C&G pickup. Marlin Compression, part of Marlin Gas Services, is helping to usher in this clean energy future to the Port of Savannah, too. Not only is Marlin Compression a trusted provider of CNG for fleet fueling, they are also working with Port Fueling Center on a state-of-the-art CNG truck fueling facility. Learn more about the distinct economic and environmental advantages of using natural gas for trucking fleets of all sizes and explore all of Marlin services by visiting marlincompression.com. That's marlincompression.com. Calculate your savings today. Hey, Tim Eccles back. We're talking Super Bowl L.A. against the Bengals. It is the year of the Tiger, folks. I don't know how we can go against the Bengals with what they did on the road. Uh, it, it just I'm, I'm just sitting there watching them play Kansas City going, it's over. 
you know, I'm going to have, you know, I'm going to the gym in the second half. And then all of a sudden, the Bengal Tiger comes alive and starts, you know, shredding. Well, they didn't really shred the Chiefs. But, I mean, when you beat the Chiefs, when you beat Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, McCole Hardman, and when you beat that crew, that's pretty substantial. Andrew, were you surprised that the Bengals put the Chiefs down? I mean, I was when they were down 18, but on the other side of that coin, if there's anybody who knows about comebacks, it's Joe Burrow. I mean, somebody who was redshirted, sat behind a quarterback for two additional years at Ohio State, didn't even beat that quarterback and then transferred, and then later went on to win a national championship and like every award you can think of. If there's a comeback to be had, that guy can do it. Casey, I mean, were you surprised that the Bengals came back? And and were you expecting the Rams uh, to beat San Francisco? Well, I, I didn't watch the Bengals game, so I, I don't know that I've got a lot to, to comment on there. But, you know, the Rams made a comeback in the fourth quarter. They were down by 10. Um, and, you know, it was a, a fun end of the game to watch. Uh, really came down to the wire. And that, that last uh, interception with what, you know, 36, 40 seconds to go was what sealed it for the Rams. Um, and, you know, definitely was pulling for them, but it, it was an anyone's game up until the the you know last couple of seconds of the game i think the last six times they played san francisco uh they lost it may have been five but that's right yeah i think it's five or six yep yeah so and then the stadium was full of san francisco fans i mean if you've ever you know if you've ever been to a rams game and, uh, and my wife's sister lives out in la so that's how i had a chance to go out there um but I mean, California's got a lot of teams uh, out there, right? You got two LA teams and you got the San Francisco team. You had Oakland, they moved to Las Vegas. So, I mean, big sports market. Uh, but, you know, the Rams, you know, with that trade, I mean, you know, Detroit had Stafford. Detroit was like last place every year. All of a sudden, yep. Stafford comes to LA and hooking up with Cooper Cup. And he becomes like the magician. Yeah, I mean, it goes to show what what having a good team can do for you, right? I mean, Stafford pretty much carried Detroit, and and that's not saying much given their their results over the past couple of seasons, right? But you know, you give him some weapons like you know Cup or uh, you know Odell Beckham, and uh, you know you see what happens. Andrew, do you remember the infamous Atlanta versus New England game when, I mean, we were high-fiving, we were, we were, you know, it was going to be a year. Did, were you, did you watch that Super Bowl? Uh, I regret to report that I did. It was, you know, the infamous 28 to 3. If you look at the percentages, we had a 98% chance of winning and just absolutely blew it. Yeah. Casey, did you see the game uh, where Atlanta lost? I, I did, much to my chagrin. Yeah, my son-in-law, his you know, his father works for the Patriot. He does stats in the stat booth there. And I had a chance to go up to Gillette Stadium, sit in the stat booth, kind of in the back and kind of watch the magic happen. But they are Patriot freaks. And so, you know, here we're sitting there, you know, I've got my Falcon gear on. And all of a sudden you get to the fourth quarter and you go, well, wait a second, you know, surely, surely this could not happen. And it and it did. And that's why this past year with the Braves winning the World Series and Georgia winning the national championship. I mean, the world was set, you know, uh, was set right again. Right. Andrew, I mean, it was long you know, overdue. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah, everything, everything. I, I just, I just want to point out, gentlemen, that the Atlanta sports curse was broken by Atlanta United when they won the MLS Cup back in 2018. So, um, you know, it was soccer that did it for us. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right, right. Well, game plans are important, whether you're in a baseball game, a soccer match, or a football game, and certainly the the Super Bowl game. So let me ask you this first about the real game plan for the Super Bowl teams, uh, and then we're going to talk about the energy game plan in Georgia, the IRP. So uh, let me kick it off. I mean, obviously, Cooper Cup. I mean, if, if Stafford can connect with Cooper Cup for – three touchdowns and it's not impossible that it could happen i think i think it's lights out it's over Uh, but if cooper cup is not on his game or the Bengals are successful in double teaming him and shutting him down i i just don't know that i don't know that la can win andrew what do you think in terms of game plan certainly cooper cup is going to be important but let's not forget my boy sony michelle Uh, you know is he if is he getting a little late into his career for a running back yeah he doesn't quite have the the spunk that he did with new england but he can catch out of the backfield if you look at the national championship game and the rose bowl for uga he was a man on a mission don't overlook sony michelle in this game plan casey how about you game plan yeah andrew i I gotta go with you on that i mean look you know if you i I don't know where the the, the game ended up in terms of time of possession, but at least through the first half, the Rams had twice as much possession uh, as San Francisco did uh, during the championship game. And so, you know, I think if they can establish the running game and of course, you know, Sony Michelle's a, a key part of that, then they've got the ability to go over the top with Cup and OBJ. And and I, I think they've got it in the bag. It was OBJ that dropped that Stafford pass. It was a little behind him, but that lightning pass that Stafford threw. And of course, OBJ is notorious for catching the ball with one hand and you know and everything else so he's he's incredible but I I think Cooper Cup is is going to be the key to the game well let's talk about this integrated resource plan something that was adopted in 1991 it's a compact guys Uh, the power company gets the opportunity because they know their systems they know their company they know their plants they get a chance to put forward a three-year plan that takes a 20-year look. So that's kind of, for those of you in the nonprofit world, and one of my masters from Georgia is in in nonprofit organizations, it is a strategic plan. You put forward this three-year plan. What upgrades do you want to do at plants? Which plants are you going to close? Uh, You know, what new equipment do you need? What transmission upgrade do you need for the next 10 years? Because we do 10-year transmission planning uh, as well. And this is presented the media goes crazy, as they have recently. Uh, and I, I, I read these media posts and I go, wait a second, do they not know the Public Service Commission even exists? It just kills me. It kills me because every time we have one of these integrated resource plans, so we do it every three years, 13, 2013, 16, 19, uh, the power company's plan gets changed. It's an audible. It's an audible by who? Yours truly and the other four commissioners. We call audibles. And when we call an audible, and if we vote in the majority to call that audible, guess what, Casey? Guess what happens? It gets adopted because the commissioners have the final say. People, that's why the Public Service Commission is so important because, yeah, the power company, the power company can put forward set whatever goals they want. But if the commissioners think this is not the best time for Georgia, this is not the right thing for Georgia. I remember in 2013, the power company didn't want to do any solar, Andrew, not a single megawatt. 
And Commissioner McDonald said, I, I don't think that's right. I think we need to go ahead and jumpstart this. And he had already talked to me. He had already talked to Doug Everett. And so he motioned that we amend their plan and add 525 megawatts of solar. Doug Everett seconded it. And we had discussion. Uh, had a couple of the commissioners going bonkers. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, and, and then we voted three to two. To, to, to make the power company jumpstart solar. Andrew, I don't know if you were watching the commission then, but it was it was the vote that kind of rocked the renewable world in Georgia. Sure, and that was coming on the heels of, at the time, Georgia Power really thought that clean coal was going to be, you know, they had branded it, they were ready to roll with it. Basically, they were going to, you know, increase the uh, air quality emissions coming out of coal plants, and they felt like that was the slam dunk for them. And now today, we see that coal can't compete with solar. So thank goodness there were those audibles that could be called. Casey, you watch other commissions besides just our commission. Do you see commissions calling audibles like we did? Well, it's a little bit different dynamic, right? So yes, sometimes that happens. But, it, you know, the fact that the Georgia Georgia Commission is elected rather than appointed means that you you all tend to be quite a bit more responsive to what your constituents uh, are looking for. And, you know, Tim, to put you and the other commissioners on the hook, I, you know, I guess what I would say to our listeners is if you're, you know, reading or hearing about the IRP and you've got any comments, you know, people should reach out to you, right? I mean, you want to hear from from the people across Georgia that you serve, right? Yeah, that's right. I, I, I'm, I'm anxious to hear from people about what they think on the plan. Obviously, they need to look at the plan, uh, right? So I posted on my Twitter feed the links to the public disclosure, and some of it's redacted. And you, you know, you'll look at it and go, why is this all blacked out? Well, that's trade secret information. And Casey, why is trade secret information even relevant? Um, well, that's a really good question. <laughs> Casey, that's not the answer I was looking for. I know it wasn't. <laughs> but look, look, we've got a completely vertically integrated uh, market here. Uh, so, um, yeah, we can talk about that in a, a future segment. <laughs> yeah. OK. So, hey, stick around. We're going to talk uh, about trick plays, penalties, unusual performances from athletes. How about the energy world? What kind of penalties is going on out there? What does a trick play look like in the energy world? Who's going to be the MVP in the Super Bowl? How about in the energy world? Hey, stick around. We're talking Super Bowl. We're talking energy. You're listening to Energy Matters. Tim Eccles here, host of Energy Matters. Solar's growing like crazy in Georgia, and I certainly say buyer beware. It's great to have companies like Creative Solar USA on the job. Russ, why do folks need to reach out to you? Tim, we're going on to our 14th year, and we have the best staff and most experienced installers in the state to get the job done right. You can find out more at creativesolarusa.com or call 770-485-7438. That's creativesolarusa.com. Tim Eccles, host of Energy Matters, here with Jeff Pratt of Green Power EMC. Jeff, more and more EMCs are offering solar to their members, and you're seeing it grow like crazy across rural Georgia. Tim, you're right. Co-ops in Georgia are doing a great job of deploying solar across the state. In fact, they're leaders in the country with respect to engaging customers and deploying large-scale solar to benefit all their members. Hey, contact your EMC and ask them about their solar energy policy, or just Google Green Power EMC.
This segment of Energy Matters is sponsored by Hall Booth Smith. This law firm works with over 88 Fortune 500 companies, and they have offices from Brunswick to Athens, Tifton to Columbus, and of course, Atlanta. We'd like to thank Hall Booth Smith for the great work they do with school boards, hospitals, cities, and counties all over our state. See more at hallboothsmith.com. It's uh, Super Bowl weekend, and you're listening to Energy Matters. We do this every year. We kind of break down what's going on in the big game, maybe how it compares to the energy world. I mean, we talked chicken wings in the first segment. We made our predictions. Two of uh, two of us think LA's going to win. One of us thinks Cincinnati going to take advantage of the year of the Tiger. We talked Matt Stafford, Sony Michelle, Cooper Cup. We haven't really mentioned very many. Cincinnati players guys I mean Joe Mixon is out there Joe Burrow maybe their players aren't getting the credit Andrew that they deserve but they certainly showed especially their kicker that they've got the ability to go out and win on the road right I think Cincinnati's a little less flashy at times but probably overall a bit more dependable yeah Casey that's why I think they're going to win I think that uh, I think that kicker is going to play an important role and obviously more and more NFL teams are missing extra points these days I mean uh, you know they backed it up I guess three or four years ago where it was more than just a little chip shot Uh, so uh, kickers you know, good kickers have been hard to find on fantasy teams that I play with fantasy football. Hard to get a kicker that's going to get you over over 10 points. Yeah, and I think if you go back to our score predictions that we talked about earlier in the show, uh, I think for all of us, uh, the kicker features pretty heavily in the, the spread in that final score. Yeah, well, let's talk about trick plays uh, and, and penalties. Obviously, You know, in the NFL now, with the challenge flag, with the replays, uh, with some unsportsmanlike, uh, you know, conduct penalties, there are there are teams that just uh, that just got penalized a lot on this stuff. Just stupid penalties. But you know, I I I anticipate both of these teams being fairly disciplined. I'm going to predict that LA is going to get more penalties, particularly on defense, roughing the passer. Uh, they've got a, a pretty tough front line. So, Andrew, what do you think on penalties, challenges? Yeah, I mean, I think if in the actual football game itself, it'll be pretty chippy at times. You'll get some good penalties. And, and you know, I think that translates a little bit to the energy world as well at this point. Yeah, Casey, how about you? Seems like L.A. was pretty disciplined in the championship game. Um, the one thing that just had me shaking my head, though, was the challenges. Whoever was, you know, advising them to make challenges, just uh, they they need a new job. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the energy world and uh, and about maybe trick plays and penalties that are out there. I mean, clearly right now, it seems like, man, it seems like coal, uh, coal generation is having penalty flag after penalty flag thrown on it from – you know, the EPA in Washington on coal ash to our state EPD. Uh, it just seems like, you know, that 
that the technology can't get a break, Casey. Yeah, well, I mean, this goes back to the earlier conversation about it not being economic and, you know, kind of on its way towards the door of retirement. Look, I, I, so I've got a trick play for you, Tim, and, and this is something that uh, I'm kind of excited about, but I, I think is is very, um, you know, has the potential to really upend the energy game that we're playing here. So just a little bit of background, had a conversation with some of my colleagues who work in our, our auto and mobility group a couple of weeks ago, and we were talking about the future of cars. And, you know, of course, you need energy to, to move cars, whether it's gasoline, diesel, electricity, hydrogen and whatever it is, right? And so we said, well, you know, what is the future of that energy provision? And, you know, this idea came up that, you know, maybe the future of energy is more mobile. And to give a really specific example, um, Ford in their F-150 Lightning that they're coming out with that we've talked about, they're making available this opportunity or option to plug it into your house and actually power your house um, and use the, the truck as a backup generator. What happens, Tim, if you've got an F-150 and you go and you charge it up at work and then you go home and you plug in and you power your home with that charge that you got somewhere else. Maybe you live in Georgia Power Service Territory, but maybe you work in Jackson EMC Service Territory. So all of a sudden, Jackson EMC is powering my home, even though I'm a Georgia Power customer. So I think that might be a, a trick play that we'll see more of as these EVs that can you know power things outside of themselves come to market. Andrew, I, I've never thought of that. What, what do you no, think? No, that, that, of- that actually blows my mind, and now I'm terrified. As somebody who manages <laughs> a fleet of 800 vehicles for a local government where we have take-home vehicles for public safety officers, I'm now going to have to write a whole policy about what you do with the public energy that's in that vehicle. Uh, so to all of those public safety officers in athens Clark County, I apologize. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, but, Casey, but I, they're, now they're going to have now they're going to have all kind of rules associated with it. You've just made their life, you know, even more complicated. <laughs> but along those same lines, I think uh, load management, the ability for the utility or even the resident or the customer to be able to determine when and where their home and their vehicle and equipment takes energy. You know, ten years ago you would have the electrical company come put a little box on your HVAC and they would cut off your your air conditioning when it was the hottest part of the day. And it wasn't super popular with people. But the ability that if my car's plugged in and I'm not using it, for you to to pull some energy out of that and put it back in later or to play with water heating and things of that nature, I I think we're going to see load management kind of have a revolution over the next decade. I've got a penalty, I think, that's going to happen from what, the scenario Casey described about the F-150. And, and and the reason I think there's going to be a penalty flag on this is what Con Ed told us the other day in the EV Brain Trust from their vehicle-to-grid school bus pilot that they were running. They were charging three buses and then putting it back on the grid, and it accelerated, greatly accelerated, the degradation of the battery. So what if this happens? What if more people charge their house with their F-150 than Ford is anticipating? They charge their house more cycles than maybe Ford had kind of allocated. You have F-150 batteries essentially going to three bars or two bars or whatever the, the minimum requirement is before they're supposed to. And then Ford you know, has to replace all of these batteries because they didn't anticipate you know, the, the degradation that was happening 
from from that uh, those additional cycles, Casey. I mean, I think you were on that call. I mean, it could happen. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's a really good question and a really good point. I mean, I, and, and you hit the nail on the head, right, which is that Ford ultimately is on the hook. They have to warrant these things for 10 years, 100,000 miles. So if someone is using it kind of more frequently than what they model and it does have that negative impact on, you know, battery degradation, uh, then, you know, Ford, Ford has to replace them. It's, you know, part of the warranty. But I think, you know, Andrew's comment about energy management, load management um, is part of the solution here. I was talking to software provider yesterday that one of the things that they're looking to do is optimize EV charging around various things, right? So you can optimize around cost. You can optimize around environmental benefit when there's more renewables on the grid. You can optimize around convenience, making sure that you've got enough range and you can optimize around maintaining battery health, right? And so they're looking at those different variables and saying, you know, how do you, create a solution that charges your EV in a way that that you know manages those trade-offs for you seamlessly. Yeah, Andrew, uh, thoughts thoughts on uh, the idea of these 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 batteries failing before they're supposed to? Well, so what I'll offer is Ford is not dumb and they don't lose track of these vehicles when they leave their plant. So they're all connected vehicles much like a Tesla, they'll be getting software updates um, and so I think if they start to see a be, you know unintended consequences of the home energy connection, they may then put some software into the trucks that limits your ability to do things that would damage the batteries. Andrew, you had a leaf, I think. I'm on my third leaf. Those initial leases that were done, the two-year leases on the Nissan Leaf, uh, Nissan found themselves in a difficult situation because those cars were coming back with a uh, a pretty high residual value the cars weren't worth that people were you know were turning them in they were being taken to the Mannheim auction and sold and Nissan was losing six seven eight thousand dollars per vehicle and it it wasn't Andrew a sustainable plan no, it wasn't. And I think that is, you know, the downside of being on the bleeding edge. Le- Nissan was the first to market with a affordable EV um, and they had to take some lessons learned. And, and I think the primary lesson learned for them was especially first gen EVs are, were a technology product. They weren't a vehicle. While they happened to serve as a vehicle, but um, people wanted to upgrade. And those batteries that in those Nissan Leafs are air-cooled. And so pretty much everything, including the F-150 Lightning, is now liquid-cooled. They've got much better thermal management, and that's a big deal when it comes to the longevity of EV batteries. Well, guys, uh, good luck with your predictions, with your chicken wings, with your dip, and everything you're doing for the big game. Can't wait to see how many EV commercials we have and who wins this contest in our on our score contest. I'm going to come up with... I'm going to come up with a prize. Andrew, thanks for being on the show today, and good luck to the L.A. Rams. Casey, another great episode. Good to have Andrew on. Thanks for being a co-host, buddy. Thanks for listening to Energy Matters. Enjoy the big game and have a great weekend. You're listening to Energy Matters.
Energy Matters would like to thank GasSouth for its support of the show. GasSouth has a no-deposit policy and offers some of the lowest per-therm rates in the state. Use the promo code MATTERS for a special deal. GasSouth, the difference is good. Tim Eccles of Energy Matters here for Solar Sun World. No doubt you've seen solar panels popping up all over the state. If you want the precision of German engineering when it comes to solar, Solar Sun World is for you. Gerd and all the folks at Solar Sun World understand the complexities of solar and how to make it work for you. From tax credits to inverters to accelerated depreciation, they'll advise you on the best path forward. And Solar Sun World now offers power purchase agreements. Find them at solarsunworld.com, solarsunworld.com. Everyone has tough times in their life. By checking the project share box at the bottom of your utility bill, you can make life a little easier for your neighbors. Your one, two, or five dollar checkoff is matched by the utility and then used by the Salvation Army to help folks having a tough time paying their energy bills. It's that easy. Join PSC Commissioner Tim Eccles and many others by donating via your power bills this year. See more by clicking projectshareinfo.com. And thank you.